Hi, I'm Shauna Ray. And I'm Leah Hunt. And this is Kitchen Confessionals. So today, today, we are going to talk about what's making us uncomfortable right now. And guess what, folks? It's the fucking holidays. And it isn't just the holidays. Whatever you celebrate, it is the season. It is the time of year where expectations rain down like hellfire, it feels like sometimes. And Shauna and I are both struggling, reckoning. I don't know. What does this holiday season feel like for you, Shauna? Right now, it feels like I have cement shoes on because I would like to plan all the things Mm. out. But because of, is it Omicron, the new um, variant? Because of that. Because of travel. Because of COVID. Because of um, maybe things being shut down and maybe people not arriving. We have Mm. um, people coming from out of the country. So, yes, the expectation part. um, My brother believes that this will be the memory in his his children's okay. um, repertoire of Canadian experiences. And he has set that out on a table basically mm-hmm. for me to eat at. So, you know, okay, Shauna, no pressure, but, you know, we want it to be the Canadian Christmas miracle. <laughs> so, you know, go do that. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking, like, before we – we began recording today, I was sketching out like that, just that that word expectation, right? So for me, um, I feel much the same. And I think there's a there's a different set of reasons for me. So I am feeling the pressure of the holidays because this is our first Christmas in our new home. So for folks who maybe haven't listened to previous episodes over the course of the summer, my family relocated. We moved back home to the small town where I grew up and we moved into a house that's significantly smaller. So this is our first Christmas in this home. And all and Christmas has always been a big deal in our family, always. And I am apparently trying to blow the fucking doors off it this year to to validate and prove maybe to my family, to my children, to myself that this move was good, that this was right, that we can make memories in this house. And so, and at the same time, Shauna, I'm battling um, changes that I have made personally, uh, specifically um, my sobriety. I have also... Um, you know, we're also navigating this larger storm that everyone is navigating, which is the reality of the second full year of this glorious global pandemic and all that that means. So the kids don't listen to this podcast. And so I will, you know, share with, I think we're up to like 13 listeners now. Something like that. Yeah, maybe 14, 12, 15, 13, something like dozen? that. Okay. All right. You're right. I'm getting a bit big. The dirty does. So the dirty. <laughs> So <laughs> I spent Monday unwinding our entire Christmas plan. So we had, you know, we're trying to pivot 
from things to experiences. And so this year for Christmas, we were going to have a little holiday. We were going to drive down to the U.S. We had Steelers tickets for Simon for their last home game. We had Broadway tickets for Fiona. Like it was a couple nights in Pittsburgh, a couple nights in New York. Like, And I was so wow. excited. I had done all the mm-hmm. research. I had done all the stuff. Book, 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 book. All the you things. Know, and none of this is easy, right? Christmas isn't easy to begin with, but it's like, okay. And then I thought the hardest thing would be keeping it a bloody secret because I'm just right. like, I'm so excited. So excited. Right? So excited. And I was wrong. The hardest thing has actually been not canceling it. Canceling it wasn't the hardest thing. The hardest thing is walking around with this invisible grief because it was something I had to look forward to. And I'm glad we didn't tell the kids in advance because it means they don't have to carry this grief. So they didn't get the benefit of the excitement, but they also don't bear the responsibility of this grief. And honestly, Shauna, like I was just, I was so sad and quickly followed by anger. And the anger was that not only did I lose this thing that I had, but now I had to start Christmasing again. And I was like, what's Christmasing though? Me. What's that? Well, so, so my whole, the whole plan for Christmas was this big trip. It was all the gifts. It was all that, right? Mm. Like I was done. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when people are like, oh, how, you know, are you done your Christmas shopping yet? Like, FYI, don't. Fuck off. You know what? (laughs) Fuck off. Don't ask that question. (laughs) Okay. We very rarely give advice on this podcast because that's not what we're about. Just don't, please don't ask me if I'm done my Christmas shopping. Don't inquire. <laughs> don't. Fuck off. If I'm done, no, great. Like if I'm not, and the answer is I'm not. Right? Anyways, mm-hmm. so so it was it was the resetting of how much work I had to do, Shauna. The work. And I think, but, but, I mean, based on what you've shared, it sounds like you got a lot of fucking work to do too, babe. Well, so to make the, the thi- perfect quintessential fa- Canadian Christmas, the Canadian Christmas experience extraordinaire. So, my brother has mentioned uh, wanting to go to Toronto and skate in the Na- mm-hmm. in Nathan Phillips Square, and probably okay. go to the aquarium and you know make a day in there in Toronto. And then he mentioned Niagara Falls. Um, they because when the kids came in the summer, that's something they weren't. We weren't able to do because the boat was was shut down. We couldn't go under the falls. And I said, you know what? They don't do it in the winter. I checked. Wait so, a- you know, do you want to go to Niagara Falls anyway just to see Ripley's? Because, you know, anyway, there's that. And then they want to okay. do the snowshoeing and they want to do cross-country skiing and they want to do skating. And I have rented the ice rink here in Dorchester in our little town twice for two different occasions while they're here. And you know what okay. else I did that cost the least amount of money just the other day? So so my big thing now mm. is I haven't planned anything except for the ice skating. And and then I went and planned a couple of things this week and I feel a lot better. But I was freaking out thinking I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what his expectations are. I don't know whether these these are like memories from when we were children that he's got, you know, he's romanticized somehow us growing up and that he wants to give that experience to his own children because I think there's a lot of that in there too. And so that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him having to deal 
with the things that he doesn't want to deal with. He wants Mm. to make it perfect and beautiful and wonderful. And that's how he remembers it. And we throw in the the fact that we have a 15-year-old dog who has been sick often. And I had to have a conversation with my brother and say, listen, before I am overcome with emotion, if we have to, you know, inevitably, you know, everybody passes away, including pets. If Mm -hmm. there's something that we need to do while your family is here, I will not hide my grief. I cannot do that. I cannot hide the fact that my beloved member of my family has passed on. Anyway, so there's all those things. And then then we have to mail things off. And there's other family members, Dan's family, who we every year we go there and every year we buy everyone a gift card. We don't do anything personal because we have no idea what they want. They don't okay. know what we want. We okay. don't need So it's anything. an exchange of cash. Basically, it's card opening. That's it. Really? I mean, okay. sometimes, you know, like some of the folks, because they know each other and see each other all the time, they'll buy, you know, little things or whatever, or, or you know, special gifts that they've asked for. But we're not there often enough to, to see. And, and, you know, maybe that's mm. on us. When I was the brokest at Christmas time, where I didn't have a pot to piss in to buy anyone anything, I would mm-hmm. volunteer at a soup kitchen or something because I always knew there were people worse off than me. So I have half a mind to do that when my brother's kids are here because they need to know that too. They need to know that that's what giving and the spirit of Christmas is about. It's not about getting, it's not about the perfect present, the perfect experience, the perfect anything. It's spending time together. And, you know, if things, if we have to change things, if we have to pivot, you know, the the word of 2021, word of 2020, then, then we have to do that because the, the variant may cause the borders to shut down and they don't even mm-hmm. come from the UK. And then, you know, we bought them gifts. So then do we ship them? They, they won't get there in time. Or do we just nope. wait till the summer when they can come? Mm-hmm. And so in all of that, in all of that, my beloved Dan, you know, I was freaking out starting, you know, a couple of days ago. And he just kind of, I threw everything at him. Like, you know, <laughs> you're, you don't want to commit to me. You know, I don't know why you do. I brought up every possible, you know, insecure thing from me that I feel and threw it in his lap. And he just ignored me, kind of. I mean, he didn't ignore okay. me because that would have been death. But he just kind of was like, yeah. Okay, you know, and okay, and then I would come back to him and say, "Sorry, I, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me." And he's like, "Yeah, I know, I know, it's not me." Yeah, <laughs> which is true, and and he's right, you know. And then so I had to sort through all of that, and 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 let me say too, I am trying to handle all of this sober, also. Whereas before, yeah. I would have, you know, woofed down some shortbread uh, and chased it with oh. some Baileys, you know. Yeah. So. Just to, through the whole holidays, I I would have a nip here and a nip there, just 
mm-hmm. just to push it all down. Yeah. And yeah. what I've come to in the last couple of days, my brother started freaking out and, and you know, showing all the news stories about the, the variant. And I thought, I don't need to get sucked into the vortex of his stress. I, when someone mm. pulls a plug in the drain, I can sit on the edge and watch it go down. I don't have to be sucked into it. And so that's what I did. I just observed. I sat on the edge wow. and just let it kind of swirl and watched it and thought about how much of that is mine? Zero. How much do I have control of? Zero. So what can I do with that? I can plan a couple of things that can be canceled easily mm-hmm. and then leave the rest. Fuck it. And that's what I've done. I planned a couple of, I, the cheapest thing and, and the most amazing thing, I think, it's going to be one of the memorable things, mm-hmm. I think. The Museum of Archaeology of Ontario has a tour and then you get to do a pottery project. 50 bucks oh, really? for up to 10 people. Yeah. What? And you know, yeah. That's and been, so we what? get our own guide. We get our own guide and everything. And that's how much, and I paid for it. And I'm like, woohoo. And that's amazing. I, so I've been to that museum. It's brilliant. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And then I booked a pedicure for my, my uh, niece and, and my sister-in-law and me between Christmas and New Year's, because I don't think they do that nice. very often. And mm-hmm. um, and I can cancel that if I have to, if they can't come. Right. And, um, you know, or maybe I'll drag da- Dan in there. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm available, number one. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe we, For right? sure. Can, yeah, let's right? do that. <laughs> we'll put it, we'll I, put it, if anybody else is available for a pedicure, as a, if anybody wants on the wait list, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing I, w- I wanted to say is, yeah. so my brother also has hinted that he wants a fresh turkey and like, a, that's what my sister-in-law does. And, you know, that's what they always have. And, and we always have a frozen stuffed butterball because it's the easiest thing. It's fucking delicious. And, you know, and I can get it at the grocery store pretty, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. My mom, however, mm-hmm. used to go to her little corner food land or whatever the heck it was and reserve a large, you know, pre-stuffed because you could order them from wherever they get them from in a bigger size. And so I called our little food land and they don't do that. And I thought, okay. And then I was sort of thinking, how big of a fucking turkey do I actually need? Like, I mean, and so I am not only looking at the expectations that my brother has and, and the expectations I put on myself, but I'm also thinking about my mom's habits mm. and the mm-hmm. expectations she put on herself. So it's yeah. a legacy of expectation. And I remember my grandma being stressed and she would give me the silverware to polish to keep me busy as a kid to, you know, during that whole thing. I don't yeah. fucking polish silverware. Like who fucking does that now before who a big meal? real silver? I, sorry, well, yeah. who has real I silver, mean, right? It's I, not I about sure the don't. meal. It's not about any of that the pomp and circumstance. Yeah, and so, and, so um, not that it's, it's not something about the we've meal, always but, like, known. It's the show. Yeah, 
it's it's something I think we instinctually know that it's not about that, but we worry about what everyone else is going to think if we don't put on that performance, right? And mm-hmm. and what they'll think of us if we're mm-hmm. not at the top of our game, if we don't put on the best, you know. And then there's always people that get drunk, at least in our family, Mm-hmm. And say inappropriate things, or they get in fights, or they talk about taxes and unions and <laughs> politics and all of those great things that yeah. come up at the dinner table, right? What about you? Mm-hmm. Is that does that sound familiar? I I spent some time, so yes, and I think I spent some time sort of reflecting on uh, on not just sort of my own experience. So I think. You know, the pandemic has offered us an opportunity to do things differently, not by choice, but by force. So if I look back at Christmas last year, many of the traditions, and I'm using little bunny quotes here for our listeners, we couldn't do. And because we couldn't do them, now there's a choice this year. Like maybe we still won't be able to do it. Like maybe we're going to get another lockdown or whatever. But theoretically, now that we've had one Christmas without, now it feels more like, okay, so what am I going to bring back? What are the traditions I want to keep? And it's all like it, <clears throat> it's a, it, it, it's this, it's like a holiday purge. Like not like the movie where they kill everybody, but like purging of all the things that we did by rote we did because we always did it we did you know all of those sorts of all of those sorts of things and so i think that's something that i'm i'm trying to be careful about and and i think for the first time i'm talking to my family and to my children about it like and and my extended family too right like um uh let me let me think of something i mean <clears throat> Oh, so I was asking my kids, like, what do you love about Christmas Day? You know, or what's your favorite thing? Like, what's the thing that brings you the most joy? And what's the one thing that you're like, yeah, we always do this. And God, I'd rather just be, you know, laying in my bed or douching on my phone or doing something different. Like, what could we put down? And so here's the benefit of having this conversation with my kid. And I'm saying this for my own benefit just to solidify this learning in my head is my kids are both of an age now where if there are any kids listening to this podcast or if you're listening to this podcast with your kids put earmuffs on them right now if they're young and also well actually they can probably handle this because we say like shit balls and fuck face and all sorts of stuff but my kids are at an age where they don't believe in santa anymore Mm -hmm. right yeah. So mm-hmm. the, that magic piece is gone. And so when Simon, who's four years older than Fiona, stopped believing, he sort of did a similar transition to what I did as the oldest, which is you become part of the magic. Right. Now you get to participate in the creation of that magic for your younger siblings. And so that's like a bit mm-hmm. of a transition. And 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 that, but now we're we're sort of crossing that bridge with the last one. And I don't have anything to offer Fiona. Like, I'm like, there's nobody to make magic for it. She's got little, you know, cousins and stuff for sure, but it's not the same. And so I said, well, the grownups, we do a secret Santa. Uh, What if we did secret Santa, but like with our stockings? Like, what if we all pulled a name and then you did the stocking for that person? 
Everybody thought this was a genius idea. And it was only on reflection that I was like, oh my God, guess who used to do all the stockings, including her own, Shauna? Guess who used to do that? Yeah, that's fucking right. (laughs) So all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, I just leveled up. I just went from having to plan one stock, four stockings, to one stock. And and it was done by virtue of having a just a genuine and an honest conversation about what do we want versus what have we always done. And because of that experience, I think I'm less scared to have those conversations. I mean, like talk about the ultimate best outcome. Um, and I think I'm thinking very hard about my mom and all of the things like looking back now as a mother at the work and the effort and the exhaustion. Like, I mean, I don't, she worked full time. My dad worked full time and it was like, we loved Christmas. And it was like, I don't know. I don't know if she loved Christmas. Actually, I would, I should probably ask her. I think that is a good idea. I should probably ask her. I should probably ask her, like, was it worth it? I don't, well, I don't know. I had a, a, a bit of an epiphany as you were talking about your stalking um, story and in that yeah. realization and, and, you know, asking is I'd actually like, because I don't know my brother's kids that well, we're not there all the time. And a lot of times, even when we FaceTime, they can't be bothered. They're too bored. You know, we ask them to, you know, about themselves and there's nothing really new to them. You know, they're just at a stage where, you know, they could care less. And they're just living their life. I'd like to know what their favorite Christmas memories are, the kids themselves, because I wouldn't have been there. And I think it'll be interesting for my brother and sister-in-law to hear and it helps us get to know them better and and about what's important to them and what they remember about their childhood. And then we can tell about our favorite memories from Christmas when we were kids and they get to know a little bit more about us and a little bit more about our family um, mm-hmm. that maybe they didn't know before. And, and opening up that dialogue when, you know, our family doesn't talk about mm. anything. It's all knocking the piss out of each other, making fun of each other, which I don't love because I'm usually at the butt yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. They like to, and, and it used to be my mom. My mom used to be, we used to all gang up on the her butt? and make fun of her. And oh, yeah. Shit. And now that she's not there, guess who is at the root <laughs> now? Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler so, alert, um, listeners, it's Shauna. It's Shauna. It is me with the big thumbs <laughs> pointing mm-hmm. towards me. Um, and I've had that conversation with Dan, too. Uh, so, Dan, sweetie, uh, I'm going to put some boundaries down. You know, when my sister-in-law maybe says a few harsh comments that I don't like mm-hmm. in front of the kids... I may just say, you know, you might think that's funny, but I don't. And I'd appreciate it if you yeah. didn't say it anymore. And yeah. and that'll and change is hard. Change is really uncomfortable and hard. Not yeah. just for me, 
but it's also more difficult for them. And then their reaction to it is difficult for me. So it's a, it's a whole complement of emotion and uncomfortableness, but that's how you change. That's the only way that you do is if you put up a few boundaries and, and, you know, I think you and I talked about, um, Glennon Doyle mentioned, you know, there's a, yeah. you can prepare yourself for 10% because you know, there's some givens that, you know, so-and-so is going to do this and so-and-so is right. going to make a comment about that. So you can, you know, prepare yourself with a response for those things. So, and, and I think that's one of the things that I will prepare and, and, you know, everybody gets greased. That's, holidays for me is right. is the booze is a big part of it and and that you know is any unresolved or any un, undisclosed um sorrow or any emotion from past christmases that people don't want to think about or any kind of loneliness or anything that we just want to push down that's mm -hmm. why people get goosed up it's just yeah Right? Well, I can only numb. speak for my family, but yeah, yeah. let's get numb. And and I, we're our families are not you know unique. I think in that. No, I no, I think I think you're absolutely right. And and I think what strikes me is, you know, I think whatever you use to numb, if you use whatever, and and we're talking about booze because that's <laughs> I think very on point uh, for Shauna and I and for our families. I think. I think what strikes me is the extent to which you use it as a shield to escape, for sure, right? I can see those patterns in my own history. And and <clears throat> and I think there's, you know, there's a bigger conversation to happen around this topic, around sobriety and all of those sorts of things for down the road. But I think it's it's relevant to mention it because it's so intertwined with the holidays. I mean, if I think about our our traditions, right? What's always happened is it's, it's, you know, deciding who's going to drive home from my brothers when we lived in London on the Christmas Eve thing, because it was like the other person was getting lit. <laughs> um, right. Somebody has to stay sober he, enough to drive Christmas and not get caught. To drive home. That's, yeah. that's right. And Christmas morning, right? It was like, do we have enough? Are we doing mimosas or are we doing Kia Royales? Are we do like, and it wasn't like, do you want? It was like, no, which of these, you know, boozy drinks would you like at nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> it was just like, Sam, that's, that's coffee. just the way it, that's the way it goes. Right. And then, and there's all the rationalizations that come with it. And so I'm heading into this holiday season, uh, for the first time, uh, bone sober, as my friend, uh, Brad would say, and it's already kind of not come up, but it, it, it has already presented itself. So, you know, like I decorating the house and, you know, when we get Christmassy, the tree's not the only thing getting lit. Uh, yep. Mama's getting lit too. And <laughs> yep. then, you know, making everybody sit and stare at the tree while I, you know, put down my third or fourth gin and tonic. I think, yes, I've used it to, to, to protect and, and I'm digging into that now, but it strikes me too that it's also a bit of a prophylactic armor for people, 
because it gives them the permission or some sort of protection so that if they do say that horrible thing, if they do make that racist joke or whatever, that they've got some plausible deniability by saying, oh, I don't know, I was, I was super fucked up. Like it excuses their behavior. Like it, 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 it's an enabler for us not to be thoughtful about each other. I think. Yeah. In my experience. Right. So again, this is my experience. You talk about your experience. Like, it's not like this for everybody, but just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's easy for me and vice versa. So I'm intrigued and curious about this. And I have a question for you. Okay. I wrote down, you know, what are the possible sort of expectations outcomes? So, so what are the possible, uh, like sort of, so you, you have these expectations. What, what happens? Like, how, how do you know if you kind of won or lost? Like, what's the language you would put around that? Well, so it's funny that you say that because I've been thinking about that is, mm-hmm. um, to me, I don't think my brother's kids like us. Well, actually, me. They love Dan because they crawl all over him and they play with him. And yeah, he's like a he's like a walking jungle gym. Like they just think he's yeah. awesome. And yeah. So they're older now though. And and the fact right. that they don't talk to us, I just and I said this to to Dan, and and it was a big epif- epiphany again, a big realization that I just want them to like me, and and they don't know me. So ha- yeah. what other way do I have to show them how much I love them and want to be part of their lives than to give them an amazing experience? And yeah. it it doesn't matter though, because I don't think it'll ever be enough. I think what they want is to be seen and heard by me, not what I can do for them, you know, but they're kids, right? They're, they're, they're tweens. Mm -hmm. Um, the youngest one's 11 and, uh, my niece is 14. So, Right now, Jeez. it's all about having the yeah. right clothes and the right things. And right. But also, though, I really like myself now. And I want to share that person. Share that with them. With them. And, and that includes the emotional person that I am. And that includes the boundaries that I plan to uphold. Um, so that I can be a, an emotional person and they can feel safe being emotional because that was never a safe place in our home. Emotions weren't safe. And so if I tear up because I'm happy and because I'm reading Twas the Night Before Christmas to them, yeah. well, then that shows how much I care and love and, and the depth of my feelings and the depth of my soul, really. And and I am yeah. not ashamed to show them that. And if somebody makes fun of it, me, I honestly think Dan might jump down their throat too, but I certainly will. So, yeah. you know, I, that's I, I, yeah, expectation. I think, 
and so I mean, I think you've, yeah, so you've highlighted, I think, what the kind of the conclusion that I came to is like, there's, you know, there's, and and it's funny because I think in the corporate world we use this from like a performance review standpoint, right? Like expectations, like what did you did you meet or exceed expectations, right? Like your responsibilities. Oh and, yeah. Or did you fit? Or did you fail to meet them? And what <laughs> strikes me is that it's this the 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 attitude in general, especially for me, is my goal is never to meet expectations ever. It's to blow the fucking oh, doors yeah. off it, right? right? I mm-hmm. and 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 for folks out there that are like, if somebody sits down with me at the end of a year-end performance review and and says to me, "Yeah, you met all of our expectations. Well done," I'd be like, "What the fuck?" I would be fear like I would be, "Oh, I've let myself down." Da, 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 da. And it's sort of like so for me. It, it means that there's no such thing as meeting expectations. You either blow the doors off it or you shit the bed. Like, and there's, and there's very little in between. And I think living like that. Is exhausting. I think I'm just, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't Good. do it anymore. And I don't think I have to. I think so much of that drive programming, whatever. I've put on myself, like, I think I've been, like, I got this great quote from a girlfriend the other day saying, you know, like, dealing with your own shit requires a level of honesty um, that is, is sort of out of this world because it means reckoning with the fact that you have been the one holding yourself back this whole time. It's, you know... Mm-hmm. You doing what you, have to you own just it. articulated, setting boundaries and saying, not okay. And, and I think it's very easy for us to focus on, like, I think, you know, the default is, um, if I set boundaries and I share my discomfort, it's going to make everyone else uncomfortable, which is very possible. In fact, it's likely definitely but misery but 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 quite frankly misery loves company if i'm going to be uncomfortable let's all be uncomfortable together let's all be right let okay let's get it's uncomfortable the only way about things this will and change. get to the other side i think i think you're 100% right and i think what if by articulating our boundaries or introducing this beautiful new sort of evolved shauna to your to your nieces and to your nephews that they go oh my god i've been waiting for you my whole life yeah, I've been waiting probably. for you. I've been waiting for a safe place to fall or for someone to show me an alternative. No different than me sort of bringing up this idea of like, I know it's a silly example with the stockings, but it was sort of like, oh my God, not only did it not make you uncomfortable, it brought you joy and it lessened the expectations on me. Like, holy shit, talk about a win-win. If you showing your true self unapologetically unapologetically what i mean who wouldn't fall in love with you by the way irritatingly (laughs) well you know what let's quickly say this before we end that Mm. we do need to recognize our privilege that we can do all these things right good point so at christmas time um you know i've I, like I mentioned, I've been broke, but I've never been on the street. I've never worried nope. about my safety. I have never uh, ha- not wondered where my children under were. the tree. Right. 
And so we need to recognize that uh, as we evolve as people, we certainly need to recognize that we have a lot of privilege in who we are and, and the decisions that we can make. Uh, you know, people are just trying to make ends meet and in it, it's feast or famine sometimes. Um, you know, a lot of the people, there's a very few number of people that have all the wealth in the world and then there's everyone else. So everyone else. I just, and the um, pressure of we, those expectations. I think, no, I think, I think it's a, a very sober, I think it's really important. I think it's also very sobering and a great reminder. Um, it's a great reminder. It's something that we should be thinking about all the time. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. So for your holidays, um, let us know what you're struggling with. Let us know what mm. your uncomfortable things are that you're dealing with. And um, we always appreciate you uh, dropping us a line, uh, leaving us a comment. Um, leaving us a review or a rating. We like those. And mm -hmm. you can reach us at kitchenconfessionalscontact at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook. Again, like if you leave us a review, like people, it'll help people find us. And yes. Leah has her own website, of course. And um, I have another podcast called um, Clearing a New Path Podcast. And a new company called Radar Media. And I, I'm pretty excited about all that. <laughs> so um, happy holidays to you. And um, if there's another topic you would like us to cover, please let us know. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. So bye for now. Bye.